Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. We are continuing this two-part message about the confession of sin and a blessed confession or a confession of sin that God cannot answer favorably. We have talked last time about the hardened sinner, about Pharaoh, who in the midst of the storm confessed his sin, but he hardened his heart. He never changed. And today we will continue with six other people in the Bible, Old and New Testament, and we will read the same in these different verses, these different texts. We will read exactly the same words because they all prayed, I have sinned. I have sinned. But yet they all prayed it out of a different heart out of a different motivation, and so therefore not all could be answered favorably. If you have not confessed your sins yet, I pray that you will confess them today, but that you will confess them in the right way that God may answer you favorably and that he may bless you with forgiveness and that you will be reconciled with him and that you will have eternal life, that your name will be written in the book of life, and it can happen right now during these next minutes. The next person I'm going to today is Billiam. Also, Billiam prayed, I have sinned. And you can go to the book of Numbers, and we will read chapter 22, verse 34. And Billiam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. Sometimes when we read those words or when we hear those words, oh, we say hallelujah, because whoever says I have sinned to the Lord will receive forgiveness. But this is not the truth because God doesn't look to the outside and he doesn't just listen to those words. He looks to the heart. This is so important. You can fool your pastor. You can fool your spouse. You can tell them, oh, I have sinned, but yet, be unchanged, maybe have other motives in your heart, wanting to deceive them, and you can have success with that in your church. And everybody might think you're the most holy person around, but God sees the heart. And the time will come that if it's not a true confession brought forth by the Holy Spirit, that you will still have to pay the price for your sins. I am so thankful today, and I rejoice that I will not have to pay the price for my sins because Jesus died for them. He paid the price for my sins, and I am free. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray it will be the same with you today. But Billiam, he was a priest. I call him the double-minded man, the double-minded man. It's different than the hardened sinner. Here we find a prophet of the Lord, the enemy the evil king had called on Billiam to prophesy over the Israelites and to curse them that he might destroy them. He was unable to destroy the Israelites because God was with them. So he thought, if I can get this prophet to curse them, well, then I will be able to go after them and destroy them. And so Billiam, he is on that mountaintop and he's willing to curse the people because He is looking for the wages. He wants the money. He wants the reward. Well, there you already see the heart of this prophet, of this man. And he stands there 
And then out of his mouth comes a prophecy of the Lord. And he says, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? And he even goes on to prophesy about the coming Savior, about the coming of Christ. He says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. Oh, he is talking about the Christ. And he says, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. In one way, this man, he spoke with the tongue of an angel. He spoke the words of God. At that moment, he spoke them with such conviction. He spoke them with such power. He spoke them to all that would listen and would hear, and they knew these were true words from God. But then he goes down, and he comes to the king, and that evil king says, how could you do this? I called you to curse those people, but yet you blessed them. And then he answers, and he says, well, let me give you some advice. And now we hear the devil who was in his bowels speaking, and he says, I cannot curse them, but if you will entice them into wicked ways, into evil ways to sin, then their connection with God will be severed. It will be broken. And when that connection with God is broken, you can go down and destroy them. What a evil man. What a tongue of the serpent that at one moment he is speaking these wonderful words, prophecies from the Lord. But on the other hand, he is speaking with the tongue of the devil. Well, this is the double-minded man. In one time, he is full of God, but on the other moment, he is full of the devil. Well, I believe God cannot answer those prayers of those people who cry out, even if the words are so beautiful, I have sinned. Well, there's another man. It is the insincere man. And I'm talking about Saul, about King Saul in the book of Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24, Saul cries out and he says, I have sinned. Well, here is the insincere man. He is insincere. It sounds maybe like the double-minded, but it is different. This man, when he spoke those words, it was already an insincere prayer, an insincere confession. He immediately brings an excuse there. And he says, well, I sinned because I feared the people. Well, this was an excuse. And some people say, well, you must have understanding for that. Fear can make us do crazy things, so don't be too harsh on him. But then later on, he says, well, I did this because I kept the best to bring as a sacrifice to the Lord. Well, what is it? Did he fear the people? Did he do it to keep it as a sacrifice to the Lord? He is turning about, turning around the truth, and he's not bringing forth what is truly in his heart. Oh, in one way, he is using that excuse of fear. On the other hand, he's using the other excuse. He is a insincere man. And if you look to the rest of his life, you will see that in one time he was there with the prophets one day, and then another time he is there with a witch with the witches. This is the insincere man. He is like that foam mattress. You know, you can take it in your hands, you can reshape it, and you can hold it like that, and it will be in the shape that you hold it in, but the moment you let it go, it turns back to its original shape. And that's also Saul. 
who would go with every wind and every wave. He was insincere, but always looking out for his own best interest according to the flesh, according to the flesh, because if he was truly looking for his own best interest, he would give a true confession of sin. Let's go to number four, a doubtful penitent. Yes, I'm talking about Achan in Joshua chapter 7, verse 20. He gives a full confession. What am I talking about with this doubtful penitent? Well, I have been at the deathbed of people. In their life, they have never followed the Lord. They were never open for the gospel. They never really wanted to give their heart to the Lord or follow him. But now, as a courtesy, we come to them, and of course, also with a desire that they will be saved. We stand with them at their deathbed. And suddenly they say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I think I will see him. Yes, I confess my sins. But when they breathe their last breath and you leave that place, you have no assurance that they are truly saved. It's doubtful. They might be saved. I hope they're saved. It's possible that they are saved. But on the other hand, there has been no proof that they are saved. Oh, don't be like that. Don't be someone who's made some confession sometime in his or her life maybe read the Bible at some point in his or her life, maybe visited the church at one point in his or her life. But at the end, when we talk about you, we will not know for sure if you are a child of God, if it was a true confession, if you are truly saved, if your name really is in the book of life. Achan, or if you look to the different Bible commentaries, you will find that some say, well, Achan was saved because Joshua said, the Lord shall trouble you this day, this day, only that day, John. But after that, he was saved, and he could have been saved. I, I'm inclined to believe this. You know, when the Israelites attacked the city of Jericho and had success there, God said, you cannot take anything from that city as a spoil. But Achan, he saw some silver, he saw a garment, and he took it and he hid it in his tent. And later on, when they went against the next city, I, they were defeated. And when they cried out and asked, what was the reason? God said, because someone took something out of Jericho. And it says, Achan came and he gave a full confession, a full confession, detailed confession. And then he was stoned with his family. Yes, he had to pay the price for that sin. He had to pay the price. He was also an example there. But because of that full confession, there is great reason to believe that he was saved. But other commentaries say, no, it is doubtful that he was saved because he, he sinned and he had to pay the price for that in that Old Testament. Don't be a doubtful, penitent person that we will never know for sure that we will not have the proof. Let there be proof. Well, number five, it is none other than Judas. Yes, you know this name, Judas. He also cried out, I have sinned in Matthew chapter 27, verse 4. I call it the repentance of despair. This is a terrible way to repent your sins. Oh, you know that he betrayed Jesus, and Jesus was taken captive, and Judas, he felt so awful. He had such a remorse there. They had given him 30 pieces of silver 
to betray his master. But he went to the priests and he threw those pieces of silver into the temple and he said, I have betrayed innocent blood. I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. And he cast those pieces of silver down. But what did he do? He went and he hanged himself. How horrible this is. He cries out, yes, I have sinned. But then he goes and hangs himself. And there are many like this that come to a confession of despair. And they cry out, I have sinned. And then they go and commit suicide. Then they go and deny Christ. Then they go and they do not accept or receive that wonderful glorious remission and forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus. Yes, they come to a point to confess their sins and they realize that they are a sinner. But instead of being saved, instead of of receiving that wonderful free gift of grace, they go and they are ready to head straight to hell. Oh, how horrible this is. And they even say, well, I'll take my chance and go to hell. Oh, there is no other place for me to go than to go to hell. And I'll go there and there I will pay that price for my sins. But my friend, oh, you don't know what you are saying. If this is what you have said, you don't know what you are saying for eternity to go to hell. Oh, while forgiveness is being offered to you right now. And maybe you are a person, you say, but I feel like Judas because what I have done in my life, oh, John, if you would just know, you would also say that I deserve hell. Oh, my dear friend, Jesus, his blood cleanses of all sin, all sin. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to another one, number six. Oh, and this is a little bit happier. Well, not a little bit. This is a great deal happier. This is the repentance of a saint, of the saint. Yes, also we as saints, as Christians, as born-again children of God, sometimes have to repent because of sins that we committed. Oh, it's not like some believe that the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, you never sinned anymore. Oh, yes, sometimes we fall, we stumble, we sin, we do things that we should not do, And what do we do? Well, Job, in Job chapter 7, verse 20, he said, I have sinned. He said, I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Oh, hallelujah. This is the repentance of the saint. This is the repentance of someone who knows God the Father, who knows that he is a preserver of men who knows that he is the forgiver of sins. Think of David in Psalm 51. Maybe you are that saint and you say, well, you've been covering up. You have been walking around with that burden. You have been trying to hide it, but you know in your heart things are not right. Oh, be like David and say, oh Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me. You can take everything that you want to take from me, but don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Oh, and the Lord said, I have forgiven you, and he will forgive you today. Finally, number seven, it is the blessed confession, the prodigal son. In Luke 15, verse 18, he came to the father, 
And he said, Father, I have sinned. I don't deserve it to be your child anymore. Oh, remember how he left. Oh, he left with his bag of money and he went into the world and he had a great time there living with prostitutes, drinking, with friends, partying all day long. You might say, John, are you saying that he had a great time? Oh, yes. You can have a great time in the world for a moment, in the flesh. Oh, you can celebrate and party and do whatever the flesh wants to do, and you'll enjoy it for that moment. But always, somewhere, things will change, and things changed for this young man. Suddenly, his money was gone. Suddenly, a famine came in the land. His friends could not help him, or they did not want to help him, and he was alone. Finally, one said, well, all I can give to you is that you will sit with my swine there and take care of them. And there he sat with the swine, longing to fill his belly with the food of the swine. He was covered with swine poop. He was covered with dirt and with filth, sitting there filling his belly with rubbish, and he had lost everything. All the time of celebration was short-lived. And now came the moment that he was paying the price. And if he would have stayed there, he would have died in that swine pit. And he comes to a realization. And he says, if I stay here, I will die. And how foolish of me to die here, while in the house of my father there is plenty. And so he gets up and he goes home. And there he comes and he doesn't even dare to lift up his head. His father ran to him and pulled him to his chest, but he pushes him away and says, Father, I am not worthy. I have sinned. Oh, this is a true confession out of the Spirit of God brought forth in his heart that he has the realization that he is lost, he is damned, and he needs the grace and the forgiveness of the Father. And he says, I am not worthy, but please, please have mercy upon me. And the Father takes a new robe and puts it around him and a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And he loves him and hugs him and he brings a great party, a great celebration. He says, my son was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he is found. And Jesus says, there is a same celebration in heaven for every sinner that comes to repentance and that comes to salvation. Oh, my dear friend, who are you today? Have you ever given a true confession of sin? If not, do it right now. If you are maybe a saint, be like David. Confess your sin, be like Job, and know that God will forgive you and restore you. If you are like the prodigal son, then today, oh, maybe you have never accepted Jesus, but today, accept him. He is your Savior. He is the only one appointed by God through whom you can come near to him, through whom you will receive forgiveness because he paid the full price for your sin upon the cross of Calvary and God raised him out of the grave and that same resurrection power wants to come in you right now. Will you pray with me? Put your hand on your heart or lift it up to the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned. I am a sinner. I am in need of a Savior. I am in need of grace. I am in need of forgiveness. 
Oh, Lord, I, I, I confess today that nothing in this world can save me. My good works will not save me. Religion will not save me. Nothing in this world can save me, but I believe that Jesus, whom you appointed as my Savior, that he can save me today because of what he has already done on the cross of Calvary. I receive Jesus. I believe in Jesus that he is alive, that he died for me on my behalf, but you raised him out of the grave. And today you are raising me out of the grave of sin and you are giving me eternal life. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I can only thank you. I thank you. I give no excuses. I give no nothing of myself except, Lord, that I thank you for what you have accomplished for me and in me. I receive you as my heavenly Father. Receive me as your son, as your daughter right now. Thank you for doing this greatest miracle of all miracles that you are saving me for eternity. I receive this eternal life right now by grace, because of your love, because of Christ. I receive it and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 